Welcome to Lucia Gabriela TV, the place to be where we come to learn everything we can about how to master our relationship, our life, and our sexuality. And today we have uh, an incredible speaker. Her name is Susan Ball. And Susan is a women's freedom coach and self-love activist and the founder and CEO of Free From Toxic Love. Susan worked with women after an ugly, toxic, or abusive relationship to rekindle their joy, know their boundaries, and recognize their personal value so they live a life free from toxic love. Today's topic is about the seven signs you are new love. Your new love is toxic. So welcome, Susan, to our channel today. Thank you for having me, Lucia. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited. And um, <laughs> when it comes to toxic love and uh, being in a toxic relationship and a beautiful relationship, it, it's just amazing to see that all the uh, women are helping another woman who are going through the same because I went through the same stuff. So I so resonate with your topic, which is so exciting uh, to provide the practical tools that women or even men uh, can actually do in their life to know when their relationship is toxic and actually what to do about it. So let's start with your topic and what do you have to share about that. Um, but before we uh, go there, how do you start in the journey of helping individuals and women to really get out of toxic relationship? Or oh. no. Or no, yeah. Um, I, I went through a series of toxic relationships that started out kind of, you know, light and it got right up to physical violence where I was almost killed. And after that happened, uh, they they charge the person and you have to go through the court system and all that kind of stuff. But it was very much based in me being a victim. They kept telling me I was a victim. I kept going to places where I was a victim and group counseling. And I started to drink and do bad things because I got very caught up in the victim mentality. And then I thought, I have two little girls. I got to get out of this. I've got to find a way. And there was very few resources to help me find my way on my journey to rebuild, to find out what that core wound in me that was there that kept attracting ugly men into my life. Because it comes down to something that is inside of you, that is lacking, that attracts these men to you. And they prey on that. They prey on it. You might not even know what's happening. I didn't know that I had abandonment issues until I took some time to really focus on me. So through that journey, I developed tools, I developed resources, and I de developed this guideline of seven signs. Because I want women, young women especially, to know that if you're dating somebody, you've just met somebody, and this starts to happen, run. Because it, it's just going to be an ugly relationship. Guaranteed. Yes. <laughs> Yes, that yes, yes, definitely been there, done that, <laughs> and I can, and I, and I'm so excited about uh, you sharing your seven uh, signs because, well, like you said, like when we are in a toxic relationship, sometimes we don't even think that we are. Uh, we uh, we so uh, cloud up with this mentality and this belief that because we're the victim, and for some reason we become helpless. You know, we are the victim when we have. 
we start putting a definition upon ourselves of that we're the victim and people start seeing us the victim, it kind of like keep us there in that victim mentality. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't give us that fire to be like, you know, you know, no, I'm not the victim. I'm creative of my life. I, I know I take a responsibility. So all these things that are happening and it's so important for individuals, for our community that are watching today to really know, like, uh, to know the signs and what actually happened because you may be in a toxic relationship and you don't even know until seven weeks later, seven years later, and we have children. And it gets worse when you have children. It's just so important that you really pay attention today to this topic and take notes. So let's yeah. go, Susan. Let's, let's dive deep into your seven signs. The number one sign, the very first one, is I love you within five minutes of meeting you. Repeat well, that again. It is, I love you, can't live without you within the first day of meeting you. I call it love bombing. So if you meet a guy and you've known him for, we'll call it five minutes just to be, you know, smart alecky, but a very short amount of time between one to three days. And he is suddenly, I love you, baby. You are the best thing that ever happened to me. I can't imagine my life without you. I would do anything for you. Run, ladies, run as fast as you can. That's a very bad sign. And why would we say it's a bad sign? Because they are not being uh, centered, they're not grounded, they're not being realistic, they're living they're in illusion. Being realistic, and you're not being realistic if you believe that to be true because nobody falls in love instantly. The love at first sight thing is a bit of a myth, I'd say. But the problem with it is, is these guys are very good at manipulating and listening to you and finding out where your, I call them your little broken bits are. So if they sense that there's something, you know, you're lonely, uh, you've had a lot of bad relationships, you came from a broken home and you feel uh, abandoned, they will pick up on that. And the next thing you know, they'll swoop in and say, but I love you. I will look after you. Mm. And that feeds that need within someone and you go yeah that's what i want i want love for me that was one of the things that i kept craving and i was looking outside myself for it instead of inside of myself women who are really have what i like to call rebel self-love and are know their value and all of that won't fall for it they just won't fall for it they'll sit there and go really you love me i don't think so we don't know each other there's a yeah. big difference. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I remember that. Uh, I remember me saying uh, saying to my partner in the first couple of uh, uh, weeks that we met that I was like in love. And at that point, I was like, I, I wasn't in love. I was infatuated, <laughs> which is That's right. kind of look alike. <laughs> a totally different story. And it, it was. And I recognized it, that I wasn't in love. I was infatuated. But it, back then, I was younger. I was in my 20s. And I, I thought that I was in love. Because I... Or you're in love. Yes. Yes. In you're infatuated. You're lost. Like, you're not actually in love because the love actually, actually grows. And it builds together. It creates. So how do you... Um, how do you do with so many... So many, many people in our community, in our, uh, in our channel, are very empathic very intuitive and sometimes um even myself like uh you know in the past or even now 
we look at people's soul. We look at people's, you know, higher self, like we, you know, whatever you want to call it, the, the better version of themselves, right? We have this ability to see the true essence and we fall in love with that, right? So what is your message to those kind of individuals that actually are a big me out of you for a YouTube channel? Yes, and they are unfortunately the ones that sometimes stumble into these relationships and get stuck because they see uh, potential and they want to be the fixer. They want to build this person into what they see they could become. Mm -hmm. But the person, you can't change somebody else. So even though you go into it with this good heart and this loving soul, you cannot change him. You cannot fix him. You cannot make him into something that you see or perceive he could be. It's impossible. The way to stop that from happening is to strengthen yourself and look at it as I love me how much work would it be for me in my life to fix him and I'm am I prepared to put that much work in yes yes that so put it you. back on you yes and it's so important to ask yourself this question like how much of my time energy and resources I'm gonna invest in this relationship to facilitate because you know we don't fix anyone um, we can change and we cannot change anyone we're just facilitating the space for them to grow and and if we really have to be conscious like how much of myself I'm gonna put in this relationship up to the true power to the true potential and if I'm willing and able to go in this journey and maybe you know sacrifice in, in this terminology like sacrifice uh, my own self-love for this person to actually say yes to themselves <laughs> instead of us saying yes to themselves they had to learn how to say yes to themselves first so so it's really really important great question to ask uh, and, when and come to this it's it's about self-abandonment because when you find yourself in that situation Lucia and you can relate to this what we do is we abandon ourselves we abandon our yep. desires our wants our needs because we think oh well if i just work more on him and i work more on the relationship then i can get back to myself and as you know we just get farther and farther away from us yep. and we we play a role in our own self-abandonment and that gets really lonely mm, yes definitely and and like you said I totally resonate because I was in a very toxic relationship and and I would say the only beautiful one of the greatest gifts of that relationship too will be my daughter had <laughs> been my greatest mentor and the greatest catalyst for me to awaken the fuck up <laughs> you know <laughs> like really awaken <laughs> and the other one it had been because even now I'm you know I'm still working with the aspect of the aftermath <laughs> Of the breakup of the relationship by having a child, you know, I have to involve the legal system uh, and the court and you know the legal fees and <laughs> the lawyers and all that stuff to sustain and to create the environment of my daughter. It's not about it's about me and her, but it just has been an interesting journey. That if I knew at the beginning that it could happen, I'll have thought it maybe twice. And ask my daughter to come back, <laughs> not to pick another father or something, yeah. another reality. I'll have gone there and be like, 
just figure this one out <laughs> but but we're making things happen anyway and yeah it is really um it's really important to um to understand this first step uh to understand this first step and see how much of ourselves we're willing to to go and to lose like i was losing myself i lost myself for seven years and i always tell a story i lost myself for seven years and like i said we abandoned ourselves so yes yes yeah so what is our next step a next sign to recognize that we are in a toxic relationship that he wants to be the provider of everything in your life yeah <laughs> that you can stay home and have babies and have uh, and make tea and cook dinner and go to the spa and all of that stuff because baby he's going to give you everything <laughs> The Red prince came to the rescue. Woo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big red flag. Oh my gosh. Yes. Big <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I see it too with my clients. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so easy to fall for it. It is so easy to fall for it and say, oh, that sounds wonderful. S sit back and say to yourself, do I have a job? Yes. Do I have a place to live? Yes. Do I need somebody to provide for me? No. And put yourself back into a reality check mm -hmm. of that. Yes. Because that's not going into a relationship on an equal footing either. Yes. And, and, and sometimes when we fall into that, um, I, it sounds very fascinating to me especially when you're dealing with narcissists, that if yeah. you fall into that trap, it kind of shift and turn around and you become the provider in the relationship. It's just so fascinating and interesting to me to, to dive into these signs because it really takes mastery. And like I said, like getting back to self and come to this part of self-love and the values. And I, I still honor you for mentioning this because that is something I didn't have. I mean, maybe I knew, I thought I had it, but I didn't have it. I wasn't truly aware of my values and my standards when it came to relationship. That's why it was so easy for me to get lost to it. And, you know, I studied Tantra, uh, no seeds, and all these ancient wisdom and all that stuff, but it wasn't integrated in me. It wasn't integrated in this reality, in this realm, in, in, in society. It wasn't integrated with some some clear practical signs or tools that i was able to be like i must have my my values you know settle like clear within myself i decided i didn't have that so it was so easy so if you don't have values it's so easy for you to get lost so i oh. <laughs> i didn't have any i was clueless about what my values were and when i really started into my healing journey and I, I, I went into this reading about values and doing this values work. I was like, what the hell is a value? What, the, what, what is that? And then it, that becomes setting boundaries. Once you know your values, then you can set boundaries. Yes. Yeah. And for some of yours, I'd like to give you some links to that. I don't know if Susan, you have some values in your, um, some content on values in your site. You can check out her website. You see that? But I personally like um, the virtueproject.org 
which it actually had virtues which is related with some kind of faith you know like uh, religious faith uh, but it's it, it the values and the virtues are some kind of like alike so if you go to virtue uh, project virtueproject.org you're gonna have the whole list of a hundred virtues in there the which equal values so go through that and check out all your um, your virtues and your values for yourself and pick the top ten top three and those are the ones that uh, you pretty much you can see a lot of magic happen when you have your values in place and one thing I will say, and that's a, that's a very good website, and I recommend anybody to go to that one. It's a good one. One thing I will say to all the listeners, when you do your values work, if you've never done it before, it will be an ongoing process. Because the first time you do it, you might think those are your values. And then you'll step a little bit more into your power and your authenticity, and you go, I don't value that anymore. So don't look at it as once you select those three, you've got to live in those values. Understand that you can go back and process and redo and reevaluate your values, and I recommend you do that. Yeah, it's like uh, updated like every three months, six months. Just check out like yeah, just how often you want to do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I learned with uh, when I went to date with Destiny with Tony Robbins, like he's very big on that. And uh, I remember when the first time I did that with him, it was like in a eight month period and I remember my first values of the first the top ten and then uh, eight months later I was like totally different I was like because of the whole process of growing and evolving and, and being authentic with yourself like the more authentic you are your values are gonna be more authentic to you so yeah definitely so what is our next um, sign <laughs> that we are attracting a toxic relationship this is a big one and ladies and gentlemen I love this one emotional extortion so he comes over and he spends the weekend with you and he cooks your dinner and he takes you to the movies and then on Sunday night you're supposed to go out with your friends or you have to go here and he starts to say things like oh I did all that for you and you're just gonna leave me here alone <laughs> and then what do you feel you're like oh do I really need to go and volunteer at the puppy pound? No, he was really good to me. And that's the very first time that he cracks that code mm -hmm. and he will continue to do that. So everything he does for you now is another sort of coin in his emotional extortion box. And he delivers them with guilt and shame so that you feel guilty and you feel ashamed of yourself. And this is a sign that he is slowly taking your independence and your life away yeah yeah when they sound, come familiar? With that, sound familiar when they come with that puppy face <laughs> yeah <laughs> that one. Oh, oh, oh. Too <laughs> or he'll even make popcorn and come out and say i thought we were watching a movie mm. they have many tricks up their yes. sleeve to do this emotional extortion thing and it's a big one it's huge because when you're first in a relationship, yeah, we're in lust, we're infatuated, we can't keep our hands off each other. It sounds reasonable to spend all our time together, but it's not. You have to make that break away and say, no, I'm going to do my volunteering at the Puppy Pound and you can't, you know, and we'll see each other later. And they have to respect that because that's another, that's another, I don't know if you're going into that one, but if they don't respect your decision, if they don't respect your no, that's a sign right there that they are not uh, capable of understanding boundaries. 
So it's a big one. If you don't understand and respect my no, you know, and it, it, this is something that is so critical in society where we are in a very driven forward society where people, you know, especially men that who work, or women who work in, in else and they're very, very aggressive because they have to be. There's this, this to say that a no means yes, right? Like in this kind of sales and this kind of like driven career sort of thing, right? Like a no means yes. It, it kind of like, it, to me, I don't, I don't tolerate really with that or, or, or align with that. It just doesn't resonate with me at all because a no means no. It doesn't matter what kind of environment it is. The no means no. Um, you can always the person the person always have the right to to adjust and to change their no to a yes. It never a maybe, never, never maybe. Even my daughter knows she's nine years old. She knows maybe does not exist in the vocabulary. Is it a yes or it is a no? So a no is a no and they don't respect that no. They don't respect you saying, No, I'm going to do this. And and see how they interact in there. Like if they're manipulating, are they becoming uh, yeah, again, give you the puppy face and yeah, yeah, pay well, attention to that. Manipulation is one of the signs, and the and the saying no and and I've skipped over one, but we'll come back to right. it. But manipulation is a big one. They will absolutely do whatever they have to do. It doesn't matter what it is to stop you from being independent from them. Yeah. And that's a really big red flag because once you. Okay, the, the sign that comes before manipulation is isolation. Mm -hmm. They work to isolate you. They work to say to you, we should move out to the country or we should move to the other side of town or whatever. And then they start to do things like, you know your friend Pam, she's not very nice to you. Really, when you go out together, I see how upset you are, honey, blah, blah, blah. She's not good for you. And they start to manipulate and isolate you from your friends and family. And then manipulation comes in because now you've got no one to go to yes mm -hmm. so they've kind very, of very very into their world their clutches their whatever you want to call it but that's how they do it yeah so after giving you the puppy face when they you want to go to volunteer and all that stuff what's the next sign isolation that Isolation, and then after isolation, we have manipulation. Yeah, because okay. they they start with emotional extortion because they that is a test of your boundaries and your values. Mm -hmm. That's their first test of your boundaries. So if you start to waffle and you start to waver and you start to say, "Okay, dear, okay, I won't go, I won't go," then they know that they can do it again and they can do it again. They can build on that then they isolate you because now you're not spending a lot of time at the the puppy pound volunteering you're not going out with your friends as much so now they can start to move you and manipulate you kind of at the same time away from your family and friends yeah. and that's how it ends up when i talk to women who contact me they feel they have nowhere to go now they perp your your abuser sets out to make you feel that way mm -hmm. They want yeah. to be your provider. They want to be the only person in your life. They want you to to make them the focus of your life, nothing else. That's not a healthy relationship. Yep. yep. Been there, done that. And I tell you. <laughs> and you've got the just, 
Yeah, not just the time that I have invested in like healing and transforming and transmuting, which have been helpful for the work I do, right? In some levels, <laughs> but I don't need to suffer anymore. I don't need to be living pain anymore. Uh, it's just the aftermath is incredible. It's incredible, and you really. It's like sometimes, you know, sometimes um, I would say you have to be cold when it comes to to this aspect, but it's not being cold. It's being, it's being conscious. It's being self-love. Self-love does not mean that you're going to allow anyone to be, uh, step on you as a doormat. You know, you have to have some, some gut and some, you know, some vaginas. <laughs> yes, to stand up for yourself. Stand up for yourself and, and really no. be conscious and smart. It be, be intelligent. Uh, one of the uh, one of the beautiful things I learned um, in ecology is the aspect of the different ways of intelligence and allow yourself to be intelligent in all dimensions. And really, you know, we're helping you here to give you the signs that are um, that you maybe are doing or the person is doing. And that's co-creating a toxic relationship, an abusive relationship. So, so what's the next sign? Anticipatory Susan. fear. Anticipatory fear. So that is, you know he's coming home from work, and you start to feel, what kind of a mood will he be in? Um, did he have a good day? Where are the children? Are they quiet? Will they upset him? You're starting to ask all of these questions because you're terrified that the peace will be broken. So I call it anticipatory fear because, you know, he leaves for work, you have your day with your kids and you might have two hours where you're feeling kind of relaxed and good. And then time starts to tick towards when he's coming home and you find yourself stressing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Right. How will I behave? Is my hair brushed? Am I, do I look good enough? Is he going to call me names? Like it's all this stuff going through your head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. If, you, <laughs> if you feel that in a relationship, even one time, time to move on. Cause uh, that never happened. Yeah. Been there, done that. Oh my God, like walking on eggshells, not just me, but all the people that, you know, the women that we work with, or even men, it's like, it's like having this, like, it's not just applying to, you know, emotional and intimate relationship, but even at work. I mean, yeah. an audience, and you at work, and you feel that you, your boss, or <laughs> somebody in your, your office, that you have to walk in eggshells, not to make sure that, Oh no, that's so toxic. That environment itself is so toxic. I, I'm a rebel. I can't live there. It's just, just, it's just, it's just not. It's not self love. Self love is the living. You know, allow yourself to be authentic. Yeah, and and a and a good place to work or a good intimate relationship is that you feel comfortable and happy he's coming home, or you are coming home and you feel great because you're going to see each other and you're co-creating the rest of the evening together. It's you know, you're building together and growing together, not sitting yes. back. Oh my God. Oh my God. He's coming home. We got five minutes. Clear the dishes. Do it. Like, yeah. And not even just the aspect of the environment of home, but even communication. 
um, it's very toxic to be in a relationship, a very abusive to be in a relationship where you expression, your feelings, your emotions cannot be heard because you're so concerned that they're going to slap right there and they're going to freak out and they're going to yell at you back and they're going to scream and, and they're going to be angry and, and you, can, you can't be yourself because think this, like, especially if we're talking about fantasies or talking about like, oh, uh, you know, I have a dream with Sansa. <laughs> Something like yeah. I do with my, my, my partner all the time. Oh, you know, I had a dream with Sancho and this is what's happening. <laughs> you know, you have to be authentic with yourself even when you're on fantasy and dream. And if you don't have speech for that, that no. And it, it, that comes back to that whole thing of self-abandonment. To mm -hmm. keep the peace, to keep it quiet, to keep it quiet. <laughs> do not, you know, make him blow up. You just abandon everything about yourself. Mm. What's the next step? Next sign. <laughs> Impossible expectations. Ooh, so, that's a good one. Yes. So, and this was something that I went through. It was every time that you put on something to go out or did your hair, it wasn't good enough. His expectations he did not meet his expectations. Now, mine was so humiliating that on a couple of occasions, he went out without me because I just wasn't good enough. So they set impossible expectations. They are things that we cannot, we, we just can't be that. I mean, I, I have gray hair. I can't be a buxom blonde. You know, like, <laughs> I'm not that person. So impossible expectations. Yeah. Does that one resonate with you? Great. Yeah, it, it, it resonates, but also there's another layer there, too. Uh, I don't know if you have covering all the signs where they're trying to change your way of look. Because I'm a Latina girl, and I, I love, I'm a sensual, you know, I'm a person that I like to be expressive, and I was like that before I came even to the U.S., and, you know, a different culture. And that's one of the things that I always invite people that if you are transitioning in some kind of like culture or environment to really look for support because I lost myself. That was another reason that it was easy for me to lose myself because first I didn't have my values, right? But also it was in a new culture, new environment, uh, new everything. Uh, and then you just don't know much. So I, I used to wear like beautiful, you know, my sexy clothes, Latina clothes, short pants, like, you know, my cleavage. And you know, I love my cleavage. And, and one of the things I remember, it was that it was, uh, I remember we were like going out just at the beginning and I was just infatuated and lost and in lost, lost, um, lost and in lost. <laughs> so I remember you saying like, I cannot introduce you to my family because the way you're dressing. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, you know, it's not, not feeling that worthy or disturbing of his love or his family all these opinions and conditionings and all that stuff. And and when you don't when you're not together, when you're not loving yourself, it's like, wow. So I start changing, you know, I start dressing up like very close everything and and it's interesting because when Don like maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago, I was wearing such a like, sexy dress, you know, like myself and he's the father of my daughter and he saw me, he's like, Are you going out like that? You can't walk like that. That's that's not that, 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 that. and I was like, shut up. <laughs> this is me. 
like it or not like it this is me so so yeah it's like it's just a weird i don't know if that's gonna be part of one of the signs too but it just resonated with the aspect of like the expectations and trying to change you change you, you the way you are and it's a way for them to put you down because if you notice they will start to say yeah. things like um and i can remember you're gonna wear that you look like a slut you want yeah. everybody to think that i'm dating a slut mm -hmm. You know, and I can't take you to meet my family looking like that. Or yeah. you look fat. Or you look fat or whatever. It's their way of putting you down and keep hold because after a while, that's your confidence. That's just mm -hmm. because you don't know if you're going to be ugly, fat, look like a slut, um, the, the skirt's too short, the height. You don't know what he wants. It's, it's just... They're, his expectations are so out there, they're so impossible because you don't know what they are. Yeah, and they yeah. can change. Mm -hmm. Right? And add to and that, just to, to this dynamic, uh, one of the things that we have to pay attention to is if they have any kind of like a narcissist disorder or bipolar disorder. <laughs> <laughs> Then you really have a very beautiful toxic cocktail to deal with. So um, just take note. Well, of the that. very last one. The very, very last one is sex. And they will manipulate, they will coerce, and they will even and I have women who don't understand this, they will take it from you, which is rape. Mm -hmm. And there are women who will come to me and say, Oh yeah, but we were married at the time doesn't matter it doesn't matter that's not how it goes down it but they will manipulate you they will coerce you they will say mean things to you if you say no so if you say no they'll call you fat and who wants to do it with you anyway mm -hmm. you know i can go get it on the street corner because you're not worth it and blah so it's a manipulation so you sit there and you think oh well i'll just give in because i don't want to be called names yes yes that resonates with a lot of the especially women in the Latin community. They just don't want to be called names and they just they just numb their bodies. And that's one of the things that I see a lot in sexual healing is that women don't experience their orgasms because on some level they have been in a toxic relationship where they numb their bodies. Like they just you just get so it. used to this. They just have to get through it. It's a survival mechanism. So in survival mechanism you had to shut down and then it's so hard for women to experience a beautiful orgasmic experience having a great orgasm or would they, even just with themselves because they numb it they numb it they don't feel beautiful they don't feel worthy they know yeah. they feel inside that he's doing it with them he would rather be with somebody else because they're so ugly and hideous and fat and whatever so it's a whole bunch of self-esteem crap that he lays on you. Yeah. So those are all really the beautiful. So let's recap. Uh, let's recap all seven of them, just to in integrate it more into ourselves. The first one was love bombs. I love you. Can't live without you, baby. I've known <laughs> you for two minutes. Provider. He wants to provide everything for you. Emotional extortion, those moments when he does so much for you that you should be staying home. Isolation, he's going to isolate you from your friends and family. 
Manipulation. And we all know what manipulation is. Anticipatory fear. If you're feeling really crappy because he's coming home or because you have to have a conversation with him, not a good sign. Impossible expectations. You, you can't live up to what he expects from you. It's impossible. And sex. It's a tool that he will use against you. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing all of that. Such a great, uh, uh, great, um, good, good science. Good science. If we really pay attention to those signs, uh, yeah. we're definitely going to be on, on, you know, a week, week, a week, a week, a week. Yeah. Wake up. Pay attention. Pay attention. To those relationships. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, Susan, for sharing all those beautiful seven signs that uh, sometimes we kind of like have an idea of it, but once you, you see them together in a beautiful, you know, one by one by one, and, and together you can really tell and start evaluating. And so the way that, in, in my opinion, I will be using these tools, as our audience can be using it, is that when you are in a relationship, become very self-aware of my partner doing, but also myself, because I believe that it's important that uh, many people are showing a mirror to us where there's an aspect of ourselves that we are not doing, that we're not taking care of, we're taking advantage of, or we're not really being authentic with ourselves, or we're abusing ourselves. So I, I feel like many times we see that and we attract that to kind of people to let us see and wake up. And that's one of the things in my relationship with my ex is that I attracted in my life somebody that it, it, it showed me all this uh, for me to be able to wake up and to be more conscious and, and to really know my self-love in, in a very integrative way. So do you recommend your client also to to look at these signs with themselves, within themselves, where all of this is also being applicable to themselves and their relationship with themselves and then the relationship with their partners. Correct. Because once you start to look at these signs mm -hmm. and how, I, I'm going to use the word easy, but how easy it was for him to manipulate you into this relationship, you start to see where the gaps in your self-love, self-abandonment, self-worth, and all of that stuff are. Because all of these signs, one of them will be the one with my clients where they go, oh my God, that that's the one. The tears will come because there's something that they're holding on to or something that happened to them, and that's what's feeding that, that little broken bit that they have, the core wound, if you want to call it that. And that's the one that got manipulated. That's the one that got used against them. Yes. In my experience, I like to I love to share with my community because I'm open book because based on my experience. In my experience, I learned that through the whole process, uh, I didn't have values, which I didn't have boundaries. I didn't know what boundaries were until I had a client that it was pushing me all over the place, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I realized I was like being manipulated by my own client, and I was like, "Just one," but I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, in my my in my work experience. And I had to look very, really look deep into my own relationship. It's like, oh, wow, I did not have boundaries in my own relationship with, with my partner. And I was like, it clicked. You know, it, it needed to happen to be another person <laughs> that actually pay me. <laughs> so, so I got a big wake up call. But uh, uh, and and I was like, wow, that was interesting. 
But also the other things I learned through um, uh, that they have values, that they have boundaries, and that sometimes even ourselves as practitioners and uh, facilitators of healing, um, sometimes we don't walk our talk. So I like to walk my talk. And I was one of the things that I was not doing in my own personal life. It was creating, I create safety for myself for when I do my work and for my clients. But it was interesting that there was a, a degree of safety that I was not creating within myself for my relationship with my daughter and my daughter. So it was so interesting that when I went deeper into this work of analyzing my boundaries, uh, my values, and what actually was happening within myself and the gap, I, I kind of got it. I was like, I'm not creating safety for myself. And then the, the way that in my, I must create in my life to create the things that I desire, especially because I work in the field of you know uh, sexuality and sexual healing, conscious sexual healing and tantra and all that, I have I must create a safe, safe, safe container uh, for the people that we work with and for myself. So it had to be integrated here. It had to be like real, authentic. Um, so really, really important um, to pay attention to the gap and, and see where in within yourself. Absolutely. And you know what? Know. For me, Lucia, it's it's an ongoing journey. There are still mm -hmm. things that will come up and like you, I go, whoa, what was that? What is going on here? Why am I feeling this way? What's going on? But instead of looking outwards for the answer, I look inwards for the answer because that's where it lies. Mm -hmm. And and I think we get caught up very much looking outside of ourselves for the answer, for the solution, for our happiness and all of these things. It's all in here. It's all about you. You set the tone for your relationships with yourself, with other people, you set the boundaries. And once you learn that, once you learn that your happiness lives within you, it changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us, with our community. Thank you so, for having me. You're welcome. A pleasure. How can our community find you? I I have a website, www.susanball.ca, CA for Canada. Yay! And I'm on Facebook. I have a lovely group called Free From Toxic Love if you want to join. And I have a newsletter sign up on my Facebook page. So, yeah, that's how they can find me. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate that. So, thank you so much, Rosa, for joining us today. Thank I appreciate you. Uh, you so much. You have no idea how amazingly grateful I am that you have shared with us those seven signs that can help so many. Yeah. And so many. That's my goal. And actually, yeah, then actually, you know, even ask the practitioners to keep, you know, those on the board be like, <laughs> check, 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 check. Oh, I yep. can't. I'm, I'm being this right now. So. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Yep. It's important. Yeah. Love it. Thank you. Thank All you. right. Thank you to our amazing community for joining us to another amazing episode of Luciega Villa TV, the place to be where we come to learn everything we can and how we can master our life, our relationship, and our sexuality. So, see you until next time. Have a great day.